0: More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org.
1: Especially for today's often compromised Christian, this is a message of life or death because it concerns his most dangerous enemy, Satan, whose only goal is to lead him away from God, neutralize his spiritual walk and make him totally ineffective for God's use. This extraordinary two-day message entitled, Weapons of Our Warfare, is all about the indisputable fact that while God has a plan to prosper our lives, Satan likewise has a plan to destroy it. To all those who fear him, are unaware of his deadly power, or simply refuse to admit that he even exists, the pastor warns, this will not make him leave you alone. His schemes, devices, tricks, traps, strategies, and deceptions are relentless and must be met head-on spiritually with the only weapons that can defeat him—prayer, praise, worship, faith, and the name and blood of Jesus. Here's a closer look at this master thief and proven ways to avoid biting his bait by using God's powerful weapons of our warfare. fight spiritual
2: battles by natural means. The only way spiritual battles are fought are by spiritual means. And that's why you have to know what your weapons are. You have to be ready, willing, and able to use the weapons that God has given you because you will never fight a spiritual battle and win by natural means. You have to use spiritual weapons against the devil. So he says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. In other words, the weapons that God has given us is to destroy the schemes, the tricks... The trickery, the craftiness, the devices of the enemy. God says you have weapons. They're not of this natural world. They are spiritual weapons and they are for the pulling down of strongholds. That means we ought to rip down every stronghold in our life. doesn't matter what the stronghold is. A stronghold of alcohol, a stronghold of drugs, a stronghold of cigarettes, a stronghold of depression, a stronghold of sexual perversity. Whatever the stronghold is, we have the authority and the weapons to tear it down. To tear it down. A stronghold of sickness, a stronghold of rebellion in your home. We have the authority and the weapons to use it to tear it down. Can I get a better amen than that? First Peter five eight says it this way. He says, "Be sober and be vigilant, because your adversary, your who adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion, but he thinks he is, seeking whom he may devour, and." Peter tells us, resist him, being steadfast in the faith. So what are we supposed to do with the devil? We're to resist him. All right. So let's get into a couple of our weapons for the next few minutes, and let's talk about it. The weapons of our warfare. So the devil has tricks. He's got schemes. He's got a crafty plan. But we have weapons that can destroy and should destroy. So the very first weapon that I want to talk about today is the weapon of praise. Praise. All right. Let me read the verse here in uh, Psalm 149, five through nine. Said, "Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds." Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the people to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron to execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all the saints praise the Lord. In other words, God's saying praise is spiritual warfare. Let me tell you what, when you release praises out of your mouth, the devil is rebuked. (laughs) when you're singing praises to God, you're giving the enemy a headache. He doesn't want to hear it. You see, that's why when you, you, you come into a spiritual warfare, sometimes you just don't know what to do. There have been many times I didn't know what to do. I was confused. I prayed all the prayers I knew to pray. The only thing left to do in this spiritual warfare is to just lift up some praise, to lift up some worship, to start glorifying the Lord. And I would just walk around just praising God, singing, worshiping, and giving God the glory. Because when the praises go up, the glory comes down and in the glory comes the power and when the power is manifested chains are broken devices and schemes of the enemy are destroyed when you worship and you praise and you glorify God you see that's why the devil contends for his place in your life for for the music you see the music that we listen to is so important I'll bet you, but I fill my house with praise and worship. Sometimes I just walk around and just praise him and worship him and glorify him. Sometimes I like to let other people sing for me, but sometimes I just want instrumental. I want to make up my own words. I need to say my own thing sometimes. I need to glorify him in my own way. I, I can't listen to somebody else. I need to do it from the depths of my heart. Come on. And that's what gives the devil a headache praise, 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 worship, worship the Lord with all that you've got. I mean, you know, man, sometimes it just got to come from your toes. It just comes bubbles up. Worship him and praise him. You see, because when you do that, you, you inflict vengeance on the enemy. You bind the enemy when you worship, you see. You remember the story of Paul and Silas when they're locked up in, in stocks in a prison. It was the 11th hour and there was nothing left to do. You know, I'll tell you what, when there's nothing left to do, when you've done all that you can do, just start praising, just start worshiping, just start glorifying the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your might, just start worshiping and praising and glorifying. So Paul and Silas start worshiping, they start praising, they start singing songs and all of a sudden as the praises went up, the glory of God came down and the building shook and the chains were loose. and the stocks were open, hallelujah, glory to God. You see, and people got saved and all kinds of things happened. Because two people at the 11th hour, when there was nothing left to do, remembered, we still have a weapon. We still have a weapon to use in our time of need, lifted up the praise and lifted up the worship and the glory and the power of God came down. Praise is a weapon. Yeah. I don't understand why more people don't show it. Some people, Well, let me say it this way. A lot of you come after the praise and worship. God bless you. I thank you for coming to church. And I know the word is what you want. But brother, sister, you don't understand what you're missing. You don't understand you have an opportunity to get in the congregation of the worship and the praise. Giving the devil a headache. Setting the atmosphere right. Setting your own heart right in the presence of God. So that the word of God can be ministered to you in a powerful way. Because when you worship God, you dismantle. You dismantle the enemy's plan. You dismantle the works of darkness when you praise and you worship. I fill my house with worship and praise. I I had a system put in where I have speakers almost in every room, not every room, but enough to where I could hear it in every room. And I just have a little iPad with all my music. And sometimes I just gotta hit that button and walk around my house. And just let that praise music just saturate me as I just worship and pray the blessing of the Lord over my house and over my life and over my family. Just worship and pray. It's, it's a weapon. It's a weapon that we use against the devil. Sometimes you may feel depressed. You may feel down. Just worship. You say, I don't feel like worshiping. Worship anyway. I'm doing it, but I don't feel like doing it. Do it anyhow. I'm doing it and, and I, I, I'm like rebelling on the inside. Do it even more. Kick the devil in the face even more. See, see, you can't be led by your emotions and by your feelings. I'm going to tell you what, you just start worshiping, even when you don't feel like worshiping. You just start worshiping unto God when it it just doesn't feel like anything and you just stay at it. I'm going to tell you, you start out in the flesh, you're you're going to end up in the spirit. You're going to end up in the spirit. You're going to end up in the spirit. You're going to break through the hardness of that moment and you will experience the full glory of God. Trust me, I've been there many times. So praise, praise and worship is a weapon. Now we know this, but we've got to be reminded. The word of God is the most lethal weapon that we possess. Remember when Jesus was confronted in the spiritual warfare that he confronted, and I use that as a model over and over again because he was about to step into the purpose for which he was sent into this earth and who does he meet just moments before he's stepping into the fullness of the plan that God had for him? He meets Satan who comes to harass him, to tempt him, to trick him, to try to get him to bow down. And what does Jesus do? Does he enter into a conversation with the devil? Does he moan and groan and complain about how tired he is and how hungry he is because he's been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights? He doesn't even entertain the devil, but quickly just looks at him and says, it is written, boom, just like that. It is written, boom, it is written, boom. Every time you speak the word of God from your heart to your situation, it's like throwing a grenade right in the midst of that trouble or that problem. He just speaks the word of God and releases the power to dismantle the plan and the purpose of the enemy. That's what turns the devil on his heels when you start to release the word of God from your mouth. That's why you've got to know the word. That's why you've got to memorize the word. That's why you must speak the word. Don't speak about your situation. Speak the word of God to your situation. That's what dismantles the plans and the devices that the enemy has against you of course he's going to come and harass. Sometimes people come to me and I understand, you can get weary in the warfare, but they sit across my desk and they look at me like, you know, like like this is I'm the only one in the world. Like they're the only one in the world that's that's going through this. You say, "Oh, I don't know, the devil's harassing me and I've got this dear brother, dear sister, join the club." <laughs> you know, people say, "Well, you don't know what's going on in my life." Well, you don't know what's going on in my life. Or that person's life or that we all have junk going on but praise god we've got to have a plan of attack against the enemy praise the word of god let me get back to let me get back to praise for a minute can i just get back for praise are you all okay am i I preaching all right all right let me get back to praise that's why when you're praising the words to the songs that you are singing are so important i filter every i go through every song that we sing And sometimes I've changed the words. You know, a word here or a word there makes a whole bit of difference. Don't you be singing and belly aching about your problems and your, I mean, I've heard some songs, you know, and the melody is so cool. And I thought, wow, the person singing is so cool. But the words, I mean, make me want to vomit. They are so devoid of faith and power and good doctrine. That's why we've got to be very careful what we're singing. Make sure that you're singing the word of God. I love the songs that have their, their basis and their, their, you know, the fullness in the word of God. And it's faith inspiring. That's what I want to do. So the word, worship the word. Let me give you a couple of verses. Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of God is active and living and sharper than any two-edged sword. Sharper than any two-edged sword. That means it has power to dismantle divide up, to cut up the schemes, the chains, the shackles, the plans, and the purposes of the enemy. Sharper than a two-edged sword. That's what the Word of God is. In 1 John 2.14, John writing, he says to the, to the older men and the younger men, he says, I have written to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you young men because you are strong And the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. How did did they overcome the wicked one? By the word of God that was in them. That's why, folks, keep the word close to your heart. Treasure the word of God, not the doctrines of man. There are a lot of doctrines of man that go around. Don't, don't, Don't fall for the doctrine. Test everything against the word of God. Don't just swallow it because it sounds good. Test it against the word of God and then hold it dear and near to your heart because it has life and it is powerful and it is sharper than any two-edged sword to the dividing asunder, to the ripping apart. I'll put it this way. This is just Pastor Ray's translation. It has the power to dismantle, to disrupt and to undo the works of darkness and the schemes and the plans of the enemy. We should never be afraid of the devil. In Ephesians, where it gives us all the parts, we just read, gives you all the parts of the armor. But notice there's one part that was never given to us, and that was a covering for our back. Why? Because we're never to turn and run from the devil. We're to run toward him. We've got all the protection, and we even have a shield of faith that quenches all of his fiery darts. And we have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Come on, somebody give me a better amen than that. All right. Weapon number three that we want to talk about for a minute is plain old prayer. Just prayer. The Bible says in James five sixteen, the effective and fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. That means prayer that comes from the depths of your heart. Prayer that you mean you put your whole self into it not just a flippant little hi god nice to nice to talk to you today bless me bless my house bless my kids thank you the effectual and heartfelt fervent prayer that means we got to put some time into it concentration into it it means that we've got to have a little focus time in prayer. He said, that kind of prayer of a righteous man, and that means you and me, because we're not righteous in our own and of our own, but we are the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. It's Jesus who made you and me righteous. So we qualify for this scripture, for the benefits of this scripture. It says, the effective and fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I like to say it this way, prayer changes things as much as you don't want to think so, prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. Prayer brings deliverance. Prayer is a mighty weapon that you and I have. The devil has a scheme, but we've got weapons of our warfare to use against him to break and to destroy and to dismantle the plans of the enemy. Weapons of our warfare, prayer. Dear God, don't ever discount. You may say, but I'm praying and nothing is happening. Let me tell you what. I I refer to a verse and I don't have time to get to it. It's in the book of Daniel where Daniel prayed. And the angel comes to him and says, Daniel, he said, the moment you prayed, your prayer entered up and reached heaven. He said, but there was a, the Prince of Persia withstood me for 21 days In other words, it took a spiritual battle of 21 days for the angel to break through and to bring the answer that Daniel was seeking. You see, that just gives us a picture of what's going on in the heavenlies or in the the spirit realm that you and I don't see. Sometimes you're praying, but there's a battle ensuing. There's something going on behind the scenes that we're not aware of, but God, the more that prayer goes up and the more we just hold fast our, our prayer, and of course, this is a prayer of faith, right? We're not praying the same old doubting prayer over and over again. We're praying, and now we're thanking. Once we've prayed, we ask God for something, we're thanking him, worshiping him. It becomes a prayer of thanksgiving unto God. Am I speaking to anybody here? Prayer is a weapon. Here's a weapon. The name of Jesus. the power that's in the name of Jesus. Sometimes you don't know what to do. Sometimes you don't have the answer. Sometimes you don't have time to think of a prayer. Oh, but let me tell you what, the name of Jesus, when you start to invoke and release the name of Jesus, you see, you see here, here, it says in, in Acts 3, 1, 8, you remember when, uh, uh, Peter you came across the, 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 the man that was at the gate beautiful, and he was lame from his mother's womb, and he asked for silver, and he said, look, I don't have silver or gold, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk, and with those words, he takes him by the hand, and strength comes back to the man, and he's leaping and jumping and worshiping and praising and thanking God. It's the name of Jesus. It's the name that is above every name, that at the sound of the name of Jesus, everything in the heavens, everything on the earth and everything beneath the earth must bow. Come on, put your hands together and give him praise. Must bow. The name of Jesus. Don't discount the authority that sickness and disease responds to the name of Jesus. depression, Sadness responds to the name of Jesus. Whenever you pray, you better pray in the name of Jesus. He taught us to pray in his name. Anything you ask in my name, it will be given to you or it will be done for you. It is the name that bears the authority. Can I get a better amen than that? See, in, in Mark's gospel, chapter 16, Jesus said, these signs will follow them that believe. What did he say? In my name. You will cast out demons. The devil knows the name of Jesus. That's why you have authority and power, the authority to use and the power that's invested in the name. So that's a weapon. You gotta use it. Gotta use it. Number five, I'm almost finished. Two and I'll be done. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is a weapon oh yes, let me tell you what, and we could talk about it from many, many perspectives, but I'll, I'll approach it from this perspective because I think this deals with most of us, is that many times we, you know, we fail, we, we don't see, seek to fail, we don't seek to make mistakes, we don't seek to sin sometimes, but the truth of the matter is we, we do. We're human. We're never going to be perfect. Now, I'm not saying that we should pursue this or, or this should be you know, something we just excuse away, but the fact of the matter is people make mistakes. Good people who love God and fear God make big mistakes, but thank God, that we have the blood of Jesus, that forgives us and cleanses Because see what happens when you make a mistake, when you sin, when you fall short, the enemy is on your back, calling you a sinner, calling you all kinds of names, telling you that you're not worthy, that your prayers are never gonna get answered, that your faith isn't gonna work, that this isn't gonna happen because of this, because of that, he's called the accuser of the brethren. Thank God that we've got the blood of Jesus. Thank God that the blood of Jesus cleansed us 2,000 years ago and still to this day cleanses us every single time we screw up and we make a mistake in our life. That's a weapon that you have to use against the devil. The devil may be bringing condemnation. You come up with the blood of Jesus to say thank you that the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all unrighteousness and restores my place and restores that sense of righteousness in my life. Thank God the blood of Jesus is a weapon. Otherwise, the devil would, have, would win that war in our lives. Not going to win it. Not going to win that war. Amen? Amen? So the blood of Jesus. 1 John 1, 7 says, The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. And this will be the last one. We'll finish right here. Faith. You ought to go back and read chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. All of the wonderful, miraculous things that God's people did by faith. Man, listen, you, look, look, whatever it is, like God told me this years ago, because, you know, I got to thinking, you know, oh, it's getting tough. It's getting hard. This was hard. This wasn't easy. And God said, look, son, you're going to have to get used to it. You're called to walk by faith. Amen. So there are going to be challenges. But You have enough faith to overcome those challenges. You have enough faith to bring in what you need, to to, to bring in the resources, to bring in the money, to bring whatever it is. You have enough faith to do it. You've been called to walk by faith. So guess what? Turn the sight off. Stop looking and complaining. Start closing your eyes and walking. I thought that was a good place to give me a better amen than that. (laughs) Faith. Faith is a weapon. It's a weapon. It's a weapon. When you start using your faith, the devil is rebuked. His plans are dismantled because my faith is going to bust right through it. I've had to use my faith to bust through some of the most difficult circumstances, but you use your faith. So these are just some of the weapons that we have highlighted today. And it doesn't matter. doesn't matter what the devil brings. You've got the victory through Jesus Christ. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. He's got devices, plans, and schemes, but we have weapons. Come on, put your hands together and give Him praise and glory in the house of God.
0: Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. in your order.